It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Phil Bliss, a business visionary, and welcome to Toronto's Podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network, your source of the great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Today, we're going to meet with Strad Rowe, who's the founder and CEO of Wagepunk. Uh, Wagepunk's a highly successful company, I'm delighted to have Strad. So, Shad, welcome to Canada's podcast. You know, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got here, and and maybe at the same time a little bit about WagePoint, which is you know your focus uh, for the last few years in terms of building something from scratch, kind of thing. For sure. Hey, it's good to meet you, Philip. And of course, we have been chatting for the last twenty minutes, so um, so it was a good chat from my side as well. Um, so yeah, so um, my name is Shrad. I'm the CEO of WagePoint. Um, a little bit about myself is that I founded the business. Well, I guess a little bit about myself is that right now I'm in San Francisco, um, having moved here from Atlanta a few weeks ago, as I was joking with you to sort of have a broader social life, only mm-hmm. to find myself in quarantine for the next three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so glad that I decided to increase my cost of living at, around this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so I, I'm a Canadian entrepreneur that has moved and, and I guess I'm by country as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I also grew up in Dubai. Uh, you know, I'm Indian by ethnicity. I was born mm-hmm. in Bahrain. So very global heritage. Yeah. Uh, you know, call myself a yeah. child of the free world. And that's really. Well, when, when did you get to Canada? I'm just curious, you know, in terms of. You. Yeah, I was 19. Um, so I, I was uh, in Dubai at this time and I had uh, just finished. Uh, I finished high school at an early age, uh, not mm-hmm. because I'm a genius, but because my, my mom had three kids at the same time. And she was like, let's just start sending them to school early. So I think I was in, in kindergarten, I think at like two and a half. Um, <laughs> so I was yeah, just like, that's it. I'm done with you guys. You go to school. Right. So, um, so we ended up, uh, I was like 16 and a half, I think, or something when I graduated high school. So I had a few years to, I was always very certain that, that working was much easier than studying. And so I decided that before I went to university, which I knew was my, my final destination, I would, um, I would uh, go work. Um, and so that's what I did uh, in Dubai for a few years. And then when it mm-hmm. came time to picking a, a, a country to go to, because I, I wasn't going to stay in Dubai long term, um, mm-hmm. I decided that I would, um, I would pick Canada because Canada, like on, they were number one country to live on the UN's list for seven years in a row or something like that. And I was like, I think we still, I think we still are. You know? Yeah, we still are. Yeah. And so I started, I'm, obviously, I'm obviously not from Canada either, but I, here I am, you know? Yeah. Well, I didn't notice that Philip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but yeah, so instead of throwing a dart, you know, I was like trying to be selective about where I go because I, I wanted to pick a, ne- a home and Canada's social justice uh, values really spoke to me and, and, you know, I was from Dubai and there was desert environment and then I saw trees and water and I was like, let's go there. So, uh, so yeah, so that's sort of a bit about my background. I'm, like yeah. I, said, so you, I know you studied out East, but I mean, what made you decide to become an entrepreneur? You know, you got your residency in Canada, all of that stuff. You know, you know, what, did, did you work for a while? What, why an entrepreneur, you know? Um, no, so I've always known I was going to be an entrepreneur since I was a kid. Um, it was either that or a journalist or Indiana Jones. And I was pretty <laughs> sure Indiana Jones wasn't an actual legitimate, uh, you know. And, uh, 
yeah, so it was, it was, I was always going to be an entrepreneur. Like I remember, um, even when as a, as a kid, I, there was almost no other path for me. I, I can't really explain it other than to say that I like to be able to influence change. And, uh, and I, more than anything else, I'm very, I, I like to be, I like to curate the company I keep and I don't really like to suffer fools. Mm-hmm. So all of those reasons. Um, and I'm not saying that like, I don't, you know, obviously this sounds very, you know, like as if I only want to hang out with smart people, that's not the case. I just want to hang out with good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ultimately it is really about being able to control my environment as, as much as possible without getting obsessive about it. Mm-hmm. So that's really why I've always known I was going to be an entrepreneur. I don't think I actually thought about any other way to live in some ways. Okay. You know, how did you get into this current sort of the wage point thing? I mean, what, why, why payroll, you know? So I, you know, the, the, the real answer here is that again, based because I was always going to be an entrepreneur, I, I'm not a, I'm not the kind of entrepreneur that, that, falls in love with the product. Like I don't brush my teeth one day and have like this brilliant, like light bulb of an idea. I'm more like, I'm more a problem solver. So I look for problems to solve and it's not the product itself. It's the problem that's interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was looking at the space, like I, I literally used a method, met, methodical way, I guess, of looking at uh, building a business. And I, a good way to think about that is I was looking at, I wanted something with a large total addressable market. I mm-hmm. wanted something that was a painkiller, not a vitamin product, mm-hmm. you know, something that everyone needed to have. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking that I wanted to trip over customers wherever I went. Um, so if I was, you know, eating dinner, I could like find a customer. If I was getting my hair cut, that could possibly be a customer. And I was like, how do I, where, what kind of business is, looks like this? Um, and at this time I was in, uh, in St. John, New Brunswick, which is where I went to school. Um, and I was kind of trying to figure out, how I would, how I would achieve these entrepreneurial sort of ambitions. Um, and, uh, and I started looking for a partner to go do that with, and it didn't matter to me what kind of business we had, but I always knew that I, I love collaborative working. So like mm-hmm. the idea of being with someone else is a lot more fun than just doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I was looking for a partner before I knew what business I was going to build, because I figured that if I could find someone with similar value systems, like, we cared about the same things. We could figure out everything else in life from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started doing like founder dates, if you will, uh, in St. John. Uh, I was like 60 or 70 of these like beer dates, essentially having beer every night. Um, 60 or 70 of these later, all that was happening, I was putting on a lot of weight from the beer. And, <laughs> uh, and then I was like, okay, I have to solve this problem in a different way. So I, one of my friends introduced me to a guy who had built a company uh, called Ledgers before. And during the dot-com bust or mm-hmm. boom, he actually, uh, he actually was successful for some time, but then got caught up in the bust aspect. And so he, for me, the idea of someone building something, and then even if he didn't, even if it was not successful, it was not that important. It was more important that someone tried. And so I really respected that. And so uh, his name is Bill Murphy. And uh, once I met him, I basically said, whatever you're working on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Uh, like, I'll, I'll give you one year for free and I'll work on anything. And so this is basically how I started this journey. I had $18,000 in my bank, um, which is what I had saved. I had a year to give 
to anything, whatever it was. But I had to make it successful. That was the, the plan. You know, we were talking about the COVID-19 thing. That's a very good statement. You know, you know, if you think about about us entrepreneurs and some some of the scariness that we're going into, that that you know, you had eighteen thousand dollars, and then you you decided to go for it, work for free, and live off that. Yeah. Basically, uh, you know, based on a good you know a good direction that you felt you felt solid about. Yeah, well, I mean, even though I, you were doing something else, but the, the, you, this is the, I mean, if you think about people whose business is tumbling, sometimes you know, is you, you know, don't don't stay focused on the tumble. You know, maybe do a swerve, and 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 and, and you know, and get work yourself out of it. You know. Absolutely, yeah. But for me, it was deliberate, though. So I, you know, it was something that I. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I had time or I had bought myself time mm-hmm. and I knew that I can do anything. And, <laughs> and that's the entrepreneurial optimism, right? Like there's nothing that I, if I've decided to do something, it's getting done. Yeah. And it's that, it's that almost determination. Like, you know, um, someone I know actually says, so, so she was said that the day after I, I left my job, I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning and I was, it was like I had a job for me. Um, it didn't look like I was, I was out of a job. Like I didn't look like I was unemployed. I looked like I had a job, but it was just now doing it for myself. Um, and so you had a focus again. I mean, you know, yeah, I didn't, I don't think about, I think I just, I don't like, I don't know, for some reason it didn't occur to me that I had time. I mm-hmm. just was doing something else. That's mm-hmm. all. Um, but, but to your point about the COVID thing, I think some people right now, especially are experiencing the shock of having this happen. And not some people, all of us are, to, to, mm-hmm. for the most part. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they, like, you know, I had a bit of a, I was doing it for me. So I've been through four recessions. This is like nothing, nothing on, on nothing, on, nothing on my earth anyway that I've ever seen. No, no. And I, I don't think anyone has, I mean, nobody, like people dream about this or they like, you know, we were talking about this, like you, you've watched it in movies, mm-hmm. but in this particular case, you can't actually leave the theater uh, or your house. So it's kind of a, it's a very strange time that we're living in for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, where are you driving your business to? You're, you know, obviously you have a large Canadian customers. You're in the U S now is, I mean, it's kind of a funny question, but I think we all have to stay on the fact that sooner or later, the things are going to going to yeah. kick into gear, you know. You, you you're really busy for the for the wrong re- reasons at the moment, which you, which you were saying, which is people's layoffs. So yeah. so the business is still busy, but you know you know where do you see your business in the next five years? Yeah, no, I mean you're right. It is a difficult question to answer right now because you are so faced with such uncertainty. Um, but yeah, so payroll companies right now are at the epicenter of everything that is happening around COVID related to layoffs, because especially in Canada with records of employment, you know, you need a record of employment to claim EI and 
our team is really aware of what the impact of impact of their work is on mm-hmm. on getting these ROEs out. So we have people. So usually, let's say in, on a day, we would get like two thousand. Oh, sorry, two hundred ROEs. Right now, we're getting like two thousand. So that's the extent of it. And we don't have, like, obviously there's almost no time that we're thinking, oh, we're going to get 2000 at one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like, I mean, this is rolling in. So I'm talking about like a continuous roll of, of layoffs that's happening right now. So we are seeing uh, the impact on our, on our customer base, but also on our employees. Like we, right now, like everything I've got is going around marshalling the team, making sure that everyone is, you know, the people are not getting burnt out because we have, we have to move people all over the place uh, just to make this, make it through this and, and get, make it, make, take it to a point where customers and their employees, but particularly if you think about it, most of the people who are most vulnerable in society are the ones getting laid off, right? They're hourly yeah. workers, people yeah. who possibly are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. It may be dependent on what we're doing for food and rent. So we can't, we can't slow down. Like as tiring as it is, we actually have to deliver. So this is a, it's a trying time for both us and the customers and the employees. It's all three of us. So anyway. So is um, this the greatest challenge you've, you've met in the business to date or? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Without a doubt. I mean, growing a business is always challenging, but you're never expecting to have this scenario where everything's happening at once. You, you plan to scale a business in a certain way. This is so, not yeah, but when you when you meet challenges, which we all do. You know, how do you do? You have a, a methodology, a way to handle them uh, that yeah, you can I mean, pass up. I mean, a lot of it is is trusting the people that you've hired. I think that's like the most important thing. I there's one is like I know who my generals are, and I use this word. You know, I know this sounds like war words, but to some extent we're facing a, a battle almost. Um, mm-hmm. And that battle is just the fact that there's escalating issues coming through from every direction. And our job is to make sure that the customer is comforted throughout this whole time, which, cause they're also scared and nervous. And it's just a, a, a difficult situation. All payroll companies are going through this right now. If in normal times we're competitors right now, we're friends cause we're all facing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, trusting the people that you've hired, um, identifying your generals and giving them the space to do their work. Um, so I'm not checking in like every like few minutes, how's it going, how's it going? Because it's going to make everyone crazy. I'm giving sure that, I'm making sure that they have enough space, uh, but also things like, I mean, you know, if you think about it, our employees are already, our employees can see the impact of the layoffs. And that means that they know we're going to have reduced revenue. And so they're already concerned naturally about what that means, what that reduced revenue means. Like, mm-hmm. does it mean that they're going to, they are going to be out of a job? Unlike other, you know, jobs where this may have come suddenly to people, these guys have to see the impact almost slowly. Right. So it's a combination of being super transparent, super honest. So like I took proactive measures. I said, I know people are going to start to worry about this. Talk to me directly. And here I already have like a plan for how I would, take care of everyone because I want to make sure that that is my first priority. Right. So long story short, it's really, it's, there is no one answer, but it is certainly, it's using all of my entrepreneurial hustle to keep, to keep everyone together. But you should also know Philip that we've always been a remote company from day one. Um, mm. I've never, we've never had an office. So for us, it has not impacted us like how yeah that's that's actually good in today's world that's a good thing yeah okay i, I would like to pretend that it was in the sense we we got we gather once a week as a team 
and uh, the ones that are in the GTA area. The rest of us, you know, someone's in the UK, someone in Romania. So, you know, same similar kind of situation. So, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, just coming back to you because it's kind of we're we're kind of jumping here, but that's yeah. okay. It's too much, too many, too many. The, the, the time, the time, and the, the time requires that. But thinking about you, you know, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Start sooner. <laughs> I think, I think, so I, some of that wasn't fully my, in my hands. Like I had a unique situation. I was a university student, an international student in Canada for, for a while, uh, for five years. And at the time that I had gotten my, um, my like I finished university, at that time, there was only, you had three months to find a job after your last exam. So your last exam onwards, you had three months yep, to find yep. a job. So it was, it was not, I had to find a job and then you were in indentured servitude. Like you were only bonded with that company. I'm using these words deliberately because I, afterwards, the human rights basically of Canada sort of struck down all of these rules because it didn't make any sense. You can't be forced to be with an employer just because you are, were an international student and now you're not. Mm-hmm. So, um, so all of these changes, of course, the, 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 the year after I graduated, all these rules just basically went to hell, <laughs> which I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, but my point is that I wish I had done it during my university and my, um, I mean, I wish I'd just broken some rules, to be very honest. Like, I think I was too, too honest um, and not even honest, but too, too worried about, you know, uh, what the ramifications could be. But I really should have just said, you know what, I'm an entrepreneur and I know this. I should just do what I need to do. So I wish I'd started earlier. Um, that would be, I think, the biggest advice I'd give myself because I would have had more time to so make mistakes too. Here's another question that kind of overlaps in into into the, into the the COVID thing, okay? Because you know, like it or not, because of layoffs and things like that, in 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 one sense, those things are creating potentially creating entrepreneurs because they only they have to do something, right? So you know. And there's no job, so they have to do that. So with that in mind, uh, and I'm thinking a little bit as well, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that's about to start out in this kind of, you know, pretty, I mean, it's obviously a recessionary economy. Uh, Yeah. If it wasn't last week, it will be next week kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, really right now, I think a lot of common sense things, right? If you're going to actually, like everything you do has to be, it still has to meet a need, right? All commerce is, or business is about that. So today, maybe anything that's non-essential are, is probably not the business to go in. And again, anyone who has common sense will actually say, yeah. That's- I, yeah just be really logical. I mean, don't, don't, don't be emotional. You can't be emotional about entrepreneurship. You can be, you can, you can, you can be energetic about it. But emotion, not, not such a good idea. Well, and it goes back to problem solving, right? Like, I mean, very, very often um, entrepreneurs, um, and I, I think this is particularly non-tech entrepreneurs, to be very honest, like we were talking about tech entrepreneurs and non-tech entrepreneurs. And I think, I think this is particularly true for non-tech entrepreneurs, but it's very dream-based. You know, starting a business is about having a dream and fulfilling that dream. Right it's not about the act of being an entrepreneur necessarily. It's about fulfilling a specific type of idea or dream. So I've always dreamt of having a cupcake store and selling cupcakes, right. And, and beautiful, having mm-hmm. beautiful, you mm-hmm. know, whatever window displays or whatever. 
I feel like tech entrepreneurs, one of the reasons possibly that we tend to sort of look and sound similar is because we approach it from what is the problem we're solving as opposed to what is the product we're selling. And again, I, not to disparage any other group of people because I love all of them. Uh, and that's actually why we're at the business of, of, of serving small businesses so we can support them. Mm-hmm. But I do think that right now is not about dreams. It's about problems. And yeah. so, and to your point, I mean, that's when you say it's not about emotional uh, things. But it's, about, it's about energy. Things. It's about yeah. energy. Energy and logic. That's yeah. how you. I've started two businesses in recessions. So um, wow! And uh, you hear about that? Well, it's a, it's a cool, it is a cool thing. But anyway, whatever. I mean, you, you, you we're not, not me. So we're gonna I'm, we're gonna keep coming back to to our to our theming because I look because because we're overlapping like hell. I was wondering how we were going to bring in COVID nineteen and <laughs> we can't help it. Bang! It's right there. You know. Yeah. You know how it's it's here. You know we can't we can't not talk about it. Yeah. But never mind. We're, this is about you, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know. This this question doesn't really apply. If you were doing what you would do, if you doing weren't doing what you would do for work now, what would you be doing instead? Well, you'd be doing another entrepreneurial venture instead. Because yeah. To be that's your thing. Okay. Are you yeah. a morning or a night person? I'm definitely a morning person. Yeah, me too. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but no, I mean, like it's I, about seventy thirty. The people I I've interviewed, seventy percent of entrepreneurs are morning people. Oh really? Okay. But, but there, and there tends to be a, a, a line. You know, they mm-hmm. either they really are either morning or or. or I I agree. I I'm not that functional. Like my brain isn't as functional. Um, past like probably like nine, eight or nine o'clock in the night. I just can't do it. No, I, I, mine starts at four thirty in the morning. <laughs> starts to shut down at three thirty in the afternoon. You know. It's, oh yeah. It's about, you know, it's a good one. If you had to describe yourself in one word, what would it be, and why would it be? Balanced. Hmm. Balanced. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think that um, I, I would say that's probably the most accurate description or one word, if, if they could boil someone down into one word, this complexity yeah. of this person. Um, uh, I think that the reason I say that is because I can usually, I think I'm equal IQ and EQ. Yeah. I mean, when I say equal, I don't mean 50, 50, uh, but I just mean like I can balance between those two very uh, easily yeah. and just being able to look at, like I think looking outward is rather looking inward is equally important as looking outward. So very often, and, and I, I think other entrepreneurs have this problem too. I'm not sure, but this is something I'd love to learn about and even in general. Um, I think that I intuit things a lot more than I, as I've grown older, I've started to realize that I actually meditate on something and I've taken a lot more inputs and I'm bringing it inside of myself to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. more than just looking outside at, at solutions. Mm-hmm. So I think from, that's why I, I said that. Ba- I, think. I think it's a balance myself. But you, you know, I yeah. think you're right. So what book are you currently reading, listening to, whichever? Well, right now I'm, I, I got the Sapiens uh, for Christmas, so I'm, I'm reading that. Okay. Uh, but I've often talked about this actually, about I don't read a lot of business books. I, I, I mean, at least I, I, this is my take on things. I find it difficult to um, like, I do, I do, I absolutely will read books about, about 
tactics. So that's, that's very different. Yeah. Like I would read a book about like SEO or not a book, but like whatever blog post or whatever. I'd absolutely yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. But about business management itself. I actually think that a lot of the ways that we manage people are just weird, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times like people will read these books and then talk about how to manage people, but these books are not written about people. They're, they're written about process. And so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that I don't read a lot of business books because I don't find them relevant for the way I would like to build my, my company. And I like to build my company treating everyone as equals. And that's very hard to do when almost all management is about hierarchy. So that's actually, that's, that's sort of why I, I, I don't spend a lot of time on that stuff. And, but I intuit a lot of how I want to build a company. Okay, let's get something completely different. What's your most favorite place in the world? Apart from your new apartment in San Francisco, okay. Uh, my most favorite physical location. Um, you traveled, so you've got, you know. Yeah, I do. I have traveled, yeah. Um, I think, I think I, I'd have to say Paris. I mean, it's a commercial answer, if you will. It's not Prague, but but it's... I had a very, we had a, I spent a month there and I had a very, it was a very like difficult time living there. It was not easy. Uh, mm-hmm. We were like, you know, in a four story walk up that I had to take all our suitcases to. We had yeah. to put up like, we had, we, there was no, any, nowhere to dry our clothes. So we had to put up like things on the raft, yes. uh, on the rafters. Yeah. We had to, you know, we had, we were both in like, uh, in one like room for the entire month and there was no spaces like a studio apartment, it was like tiny ass apartment, but it was, and we had no, the water wasn't working properly. So we had to go and get water every day. It was like, it was like, it was like almost like what I would have imagined like village living is in the city, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, lo- I loved every minute because that hardship was, was so fun to endure, um, you know, with my partner. So that's kind of why I think Paris is probably uh, top of that list. So, Last but not least, I don't know if you, you listen to this thing where we do the tropical island thing. So that's actually a nice one because everything's not tropical at the moment. There's a small tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth, a booth, no internet. We drop you off with no technology at all, nothing. Okay. At any time, you can use the phone booth on the island to call the boat back to come and pick you up. How long do you last before making the call? And what would you do until then? <laughs> um, I think that I would spend, it depends on how much food is there on that island. Um, but assuming that there's enough to keep me going for some time, I would spend a little bit of time, uh, probably not very long. I'm very social and I cannot live, I cannot probably be alone for very long. So mm-hmm. probably no more than an hour. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not one. Like I'm the kind of person that when I went to a resort once, um, mm-hmm. when I left the gates of the resort, I felt like I was escaping prison. So I feel like I would last for more than an hour. Um, and if I had to make the call, um, I'd probably call my brother because I love making my problems his problems. <laughs> Hey, Shred, that's great. Thank you for the interview. Lots of lots of fun. Lots of good good comments in it. Uh, and you know, we've we've got uh, you know quite a f- quite a few thousand listeners. Uh, uh, if they need to get a hold of you, how can they find you online? 
Um, so LinkedIn would probably be best. Uh, Shrad Rao is uh, how you'd find me on LinkedIn. Um, Twitter too, if, if you'd like. Um, and honestly, if you are looking for payroll or, I mean, this is, again, these are very difficult times. I don't know how many people are looking to switch right now um, or even considering, you know, payroll because it's obviously about hiring and paying people. But once things settle down, if you want to check us out at wagepoint.com, that would be where to find the whole group of really wonderful people that I have assembled to come and help you guys. Thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at CanadasPodcast.com, where you can listen, discover, and engage. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'll see you next time.